We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets inside, left-handed, off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot, back door, what a pass, what a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This is Newport, you're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the evening, J.D. Silva, joined by a couple of fellas. The first one being Jacob Niffin. What's up? The second one being Nicholas Crane. We need that man, TP. Where are you at? Where are you at, TP? Taylor will be joining us. Where are they at, though? Before we get started, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. If you have not done so already, find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook etc thank you to everyone who gave us a shout out on social media today if we showed up in your spotify wrapped or your apple uh apple what do they call theirs playback year in review what do they call it year in review are you guys spotify guys oh yeah oh wow i'm an apple music guy yeah whoa why what give us your sales pitch what's better about it it was already downloaded on my phone (laughs) so (laughs) more expensive makes sense so i went with it it's 10 bucks a month for like a family plan, okay, no. same price. Not though. bad. Same thing. Not bad. Um, hey, if you are, if we are on like your Spotify Wrapped or your uh, Apple Season Review yearly review thing, uh, send that to us on on social media. We'd love to see that. Should we do a bit of inside baseball here on the show? Should we give away stickers? People who send in the the yeah. thing that like we were like one of their top listened to podcasts. Yeah, I think we should. That's a great idea. In fact, in fact, some stickers may have Cotton Bureau discount codes for merch, too, written on the back. Hey, some stickers may be signed by yours truly, Jacob Niffin. <laughs> and then they're worth nothing. I can decrease <laughs> the value of a sticker, boys. <laughs> Nick, what was your uh, your most listened to like artist on Spotify? What did it say? Um, this year, I think it was Mike. Not Wow, we got to talk about music sometime, Nick. That's a deep cut. You like I Mike? Thought, I saw him live. Really? Yeah. Number two, number two, Central C. Wow. That UK rap. Wow. So what was yours? Um, is an artist called JPEG Mafia. He's another hip hop artist, and then it was like Freddie Gibbs and West Side Gun and a bunch of rap. Nice. Yep. Has Apple done theirs yet? Yeah. Is you gonna tell us yours or ask us ours? (laughs) We are in two very different ballparks here, boys. Yeah. I had some uh, some knocked loose and some half heart. Oh, rocking it! Can't relate. <laughs> some current hardcore and half heart is probably my favorite band of all time. Half hard, cool. not <laughs> half hard. <laughs> half not, heart. Oh, okay. not Jacob some always watching Boston the hardcore. <laughs> oh boy! Oh my god! Um, I thought before we so we're gonna talk what about what is the... up. We are half hard. <laughs> Uh, what the f is up, Denny's? <laughs> you guys seen the Denny's video, right? No. Of course. 
course. Nick's never seen the Denny's video? No. Oh we'll my god, Nick. I'm we'll gonna to I'm gonna DM you. you here in a second. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna talk about the Memphis game tonight. That'll be fun, kinda. We're gonna the talk Memphis about game. I mean the Minnesota game. Two M's. I don't know. Memphis, Utah, Minnesota. I'll get them all mixed up. <laughs> um we're gonna revisit some uh, predictions and takes we had in the preseason. Then we're gonna go around association. I thought first, Jacob, you could talk for roughly 30 to 40 minutes about Henry Kissinger, though. You want to do that? Uh, yeah, let me dive down my uh, foreign <laughs> policy rabbit hole here as a former U.S. history teacher. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, we'll we're, we're not going the, uh, to talk Henry Kissinger on the podcast, folks. We'll save that for the Patreon. We'll save that for the Patreon. Um, okay. <laughs> the, Minnesota, the Minnesota game, Minnesota Timberwolves game. Thunder lost this game, 106 to 103. Um, in my opinion, uh, Especially painful ending, uh, death by the hands of Troy Brown Jr. Hitting two threes in the last like minute and a half. Uh, that was tough. But let's talk about some bigger takeaways, the themes we usually come away with after these games. Jacob, I'll let you go first. Any big takeaways or themes from you? Yeah, and I saw, I think, shout out Ryland Styles. I think he was the one that tweeted out this stat today. The Thunder on this season are like 90-something percentile in offensive efficiency against man. And they're down in like the high 50s or low 60s in offensive efficiency percentile against zone. And I felt like that was the change in the game last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Thunder had a very efficient offensive first half. I think the second quarter, or sorry, the, the third quarter, they scored like 17 points. I think it was 61 points in the first half and like 47 or something like that, 42 in the second half. And the big difference in the second half was Minnesota ran a ton of zone. And I think that really made Oklahoma City struggle. They missed open shots. I felt like at times they were passing up open shots and being very passive against that zone. And shout out to Minnesota, who has, what, the number one defense in the league, tied for the number one defense in the league. They're very good and very long. They were also missing their best defender or second best defender. One of their best defenders in Jaden McDaniels. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert tried to throw a punch. Uh, he flexed at the refs. I think we single-handedly pissed off every Minnesota fan in existence on Twitter.com, uh, which was... Uh, quite a take people were um people were coming at us pretty hard so that was that was kind of funny um but the zone defense i think is kind of what the theme of the game is for was for me and the thunder's inability to to crack it and it really kind of killed the thunder's drive and kick game and a lot of guys just shot really poorly i mean when you look at the the starting lineup outside of Shea and Josh both both shot over 50%. I think the other three guys combined shot like less than 25%. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Weren't they much better? They felt like they were better last year at breaking down zone from watching games. And with how well they shoot this year, you would think they would be better at busting zones. But they just struggled to, to get the ball into the weak spot of the zone. But a guy who really helped them with that, I felt like, was Aaron Wiggins. Dude played well. Especially late, those corner threes. He had, I think, like an offensive rebound, a nice putback. Um, the one that stuck out to me, Nick, was a uh, Chet got the ball like in the mid post, kicked out to Wiggins on the wing, who attacked hard, drew the rotating zone defense, including Rudy Gobert, over and left a little drop off pass to Chet, who went up for a dunk. That's how you attack a zone is you make the zone move and you find the, the weak spots on the backside. I thought Wiggins was really good at that. Yeah. Zone buster Wiggins. Um, question for you guys, a quiz question. Chet, Dub, Josh, and Lou took 43 shots last night. How many did they make? I've looked at it recently, so I, I think I could get pretty close. I'm going to let JD answer. Okay. I've not checked. You said 43 shots? 43 shots. Uh, I'm going to guess like... Which for reference, like the team shot 90 shots. So it was like roughly half. Let me guess like 15. Uh, 13. <sighs> Boy. 13 to 43 is bad. 30% from the guys that took about half your attempts, four of your five starters. Like 
the fact that there was even a close game at the end, kind of lucky. Could have yeah, been way worse. Agreed. And I think Josh was five of ten. So when you remove that stat line, four of eight. And he, oh, four of eight. Yeah. So when you remove that and you look at just Dort, Dub, Chet, it's really bad. This is an uncharacteristic game from Jada, I thought. I mean, he's coming back from a hip injury, obviously, so you don't know how that affects his and he fell ability. And he fell on the hip again. A lot of two. Not, not the worst fall of the night. Yeah, two nasty falls. Ants yeah. looked bad. I didn't even want to look at the replay. Like, was, I wish uh, I could get up that high so I could fall that hard. <clears throat> it's like a consequence should, of just having yeah. like ridiculous level athleticism. Yeah. Should they ban the charge, Jacob? <laughs> we need to talk about the. Uh, the ethical dilemma of charge drawing in the NBA folks. Um, no, I, and I think another theme Nick would be, even though they lost the game, I thought the thunder played great defense. I mean, to hold Minnesota to 106, I know Ant was out for most of the second half and he was the one that started getting cooking, but especially like, I don't feel like cat did a whole heck of a lot. I felt like they defended him really, really well. Mm-hmm. Mostly um, dumb. Yeah, they they left some some shooters open from time to time. Some guys hit some big shots, uh, including Troy Brown Jr. But overall, I thought the defense played really really well together. Um, again, I thought Aaron Wiggins was really good defensively. They like using him to to guard up in lineups. Uh, and then I like I thought guys like Casey Wallace defended really well. Uh, Kenrich Williams, the like I think the Thunder are going to finish like top seven or eight in the league in defense. They are a very good defensive team. the The three point defense wasn't great. Like, granted, some of the threes Minnesota made, especially at the end, were like, bruh. Um, but Minnesota, I think, shot the same or better from three than they did from the field overall, which tells you their two point shooting was not great. So I think the the more interior inside the arc defense was pretty solid, but. Uh, letting the team shoot 42, 43% from three is generally not great. Yeah. Some of that was like good shooting, yeah. you know, hitting tough shots. Some of it was hitting the open <clears throat> shots where the Thunder did not do that throughout the game. I think Chet only credited with one block. Dude, like I said a couple weeks ago on a pod, I don't think blocks are tracked correctly in the NBA. After watching a shot blocker in OKC for the first time in a while, I could have sworn he had like three. I thought half. so too. Yeah, I yeah. thought so too. And it's like, I don't get it. We need that that Memphis scorekeeper to cook like, the did, books a little bit. Does he have to volleyball spike it into the stands to get credit? I mean, there was one on Nikhil Alexander Walker that was very clearly a block that he yeah. didn't get. Yeah, there was that one on Ant where he like tracked Ant down yes. after he. That one was insane. Dang. I don't. I assume they counted that, but I don't know. Let's welcome in the fourth fella of the night, Taylor Peterson. I am here after the little guy finally went down. You missed uh, our uh, context. That's a hell of a phrase. <laughs> you missed our uh, again. <laughs> thought we weren't talking. Uh, never mind. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah, you missed our uh, <laughs> Spotify rap segment, our Henry Kissinger segment. Now we're on to takeaways from oh, the Minnesota. Boy, game. we've covered a lot of ground already. Yeah. Twelve minutes yeah. into the podcast. Almost talked about the Memphis. Yeah, I know. All right. Um, so takeaway so far, we've had the zone troubles, off nights for guys like J Dub and uh, Chet. Um, offensively, it was an off night for Chet. I actually want to talk about Chet versus Rudy. That was uh, Rudy super pumped up. It looked like to guard Chet really feeling good when he was just like pumping his fists, like mid play every time he had to get a stop or make Chet pass out of the post. Trying to um, decide if he was he's the to corniest son of a man. Like yeah. A wrestler out there. Play, play the sounder again. Here it is. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert. <laughs> we we have to give him credit because he actually did play really well. He, he did. did. He, he did, did change that game, but he he really is one of the corniest dudes in the league. I I'm going on record. Draymond did the right thing. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> More quickly than I thought. What a um, moment. Do you think it seemed like Chet was being a little like Chet's a very smart player. So it it didn't seem like he wanted to just straight up attack Gobert over and over because he's aware of how good of a defender he is. Not his game either. But it's not his game. Exactly. So I don't know. Do you think he could have done something different in that matchup to go not four of 20? I mean, again, like we we talk a lot about Chet and how we'd like to see him get more attempts, more opportunity, uh, be more aggressive in terms of looking for his own shot uh, within the flow of the offense just because of how efficient and awesome he's been. 
Uh, and then, like, you know, for example, I think last week I talked about, but then I looked at the box score and he had 31 minutes, like, to, uh, to Shea's 34 and, like, only had, like, two less shot attempts, something like that. So I get it. But I think specifically last night, he was trying to get to the rim. To Nick's point, that's his game, right? Uh, we, we've mentioned the KD comparisons uh, off the dribble, trying to take defenders off the dribble, get to the rim and finish. But when you have Rudy Gobert down there, that's obviously very hard to do. To Nick's point, Rudy did have a pretty fantastic game defensively last night, covered a lot of ground, and obviously did a really good job of not letting the Thunder kind of take him out of the paint, playing small, and still was able to cover a lot of ground defensively as well. So we know how good of a spot-up shooter Chet is from all over the floor. I think instead of trying to get to the rim like he did last night, uh, he would do so, kind of get like stuck knowing that Rudy was there, and then try and kick something out really quick or throw something up really quick and it didn't work. He's so efficient. Why is he putting the ball on the floor to begin with? Just pop that thing from mid-range. We've seen Shea do it. Chet can do it too. And I think that's what I would like to see a little more uh, from Chet last night. But again, this is early for him. It's a great learning moment for him. And I cannot wait to that point to see him play Rudy Gobert again here. I think in January is the next time they play him. Uh, but that's what I would, like, would have liked to see specifically. And I'm kind of curious your guys' thoughts. I think a lot of rookies, it's not that teams don't look at film or like try to shut them down. But generally, rookies, like you don't necessarily need to game plan for them because they're usually not the second best player on a playoff team. And that's why we don't see a lot of sophomore slumps to like late in the season or the playoffs when teams actually start scheming for them or year two and they've got a year of film. I think a lot of teams realize they have to shut Chet down this early. And a lot of his moves that were really working early in the season, he has that that spin that was just automatic where he would spin and just kind of like, you know, touch at the rim, kind of finger roll it in getting shut off now and he's getting knocked off his spots and some of the stuff that he did early in the season that was really effective is just like not there. Um, I mean, he's 20% to his first season. He's going to come up with more moves. He's going to have different counters. Um, he's going to, there's going to be defenders that think he's doing one thing. He's going to completely bait and switch him. Like it's, it's going to be fine, but I think he's at a weird kind of crossroads where the stuff that worked early is starting to get game planned for and I think he's having to face that a little earlier, to your point, Nick, uh, in his career than a Shea or even a J. Deborah Giddy did necessarily because the Thunder are so much more competitive now uh, at this point of Chet's early career than where they were as a franchise, as an organization, when Shea was a uh, second-year, third-year player and, you know, Dort, Giddy, etc. So I think that's a good point. Uh, teams are adjusting to him much quicker and and. A lot of that's because of how fantastic he's been early on in the season. And we're still seeing him uh, be able to kind of overcome that. Really curious to see how that looks. Again, like a lot of uh, really good teams coming up. And uh, it'll be fascinating to see how he adjusts accordingly. Definitely. And it feels like he's growing quickly. Like you True. look at the first game of the season against Chicago and then the more recent game against Chicago. Looks like two different guys. And so I imagine he'll adjust to Minnesota the next time he plays them too. A uh, bit of an off-topic question that I was just thinking about, wanted to, to float out to you guys. Thunder ended 40 and 42 last year before going into the play-in tournament. How different, how many more wins do they have if Chet played last year? Like if the injury never happened? Like how much of how good he's playing right now is a product of that extra year of strength development and NBA versus like, if he would have played last year, do they get 46 wins? Um, I think he would have been good last year. Like they're sitting there for 82 games, whether you're in a, what do they call those things? Like scooters, whenever you yeah, have a scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just being around the team and like seeing what the grind of 82 game season is and like being in the film room. It, it was certainly a leg up. He would, he would have been good. Fed food and a right. diet. And yeah. He, yeah. he would have been good last year too. Um, the only reason I don't think it's a seven win jump like you hypothetically proposed is because there was a stretch there when they didn't have a center and it was like the best basketball I played all year. Mm -hmm. There's a chance you, you're playing Chet there and you're just not as effective. Maybe more fun, but not as effective. It's fair. It's a good point. I think to Nick's, to Nick's point, uh, we probably would have seen the rookie growing pains early on from Chip and some uh, time of you know him trying to adapt and, and how he see how he fits in the lineup. Not just him, 
but we're seeing a lot of growing pains from a lot of guys so far here in the starting lineup. Some are worse than others, and some of them, you know, and a lot of these honestly aren't really mattering because the Thunder are still so good. Uh, but for example, Josh Giddy, J Dub, even trying to find his hit their roles and their pecking order within this lineup, we probably see a lot more of that last season. So it probably evens out at the end. You know, they play a full season together. Everybody's healthy. Towards the end of the season, they're gelling. And we probably find them at a, a similar win total. But I think you lose some of those wins towards the beginning of the season, if that's fair. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, overall, last night wasn't like a, a big, oh my gosh, like you got to worry type of game. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I think it was a good game. I think it was a good learning experience. I think Mark echoed that as well. Um. I thought their offensive process kind of slowed down in the second half, which wasn't as good. But, and and I know fans hate hearing this excuse. Shit, you guys might want to push back on this, and that's okay. But when I look at it, that starting lineup last night, Ant is in what year five? Is that right or year four? Oh gosh, Ant was I a year a year but a year after four. Shea, right? Yeah, that's still wild to think about. to think about. So Ant was younger than Shea. Mike Conley uh, is about to get put in a home. Like, he's, <laughs> he's been in the league for forever. He's old enough to be my dad. He's definitely uh, old enough to be Silva's dad. Rudy, oh <laughs> Rudy Gobert is 29, 30? And he's me age. Cat is 28. Um, Mikhail is a little bit younger. But, like, when you just look at the experience between the two teams, like the wolves have so much more NBA experience and so much more like physical development experience. Like that. I felt like that was a very physical game last night. Very it was much one of those so. games where like the possessions really grind out. And I think it's a really good sign that the thunder were in it down to the very last shot. And if it's I not for that. some, uh, Troy Brown junior heroics, they probably win the game. Agree. And agree on a game where you shot so poorly for your defense to be able to respond like that and for you to be able to grind out possessions like that and play a physical brain of basketball against a team that always has two bigs on the floor. I just, yeah, to me, it, it is, awesome. it is a, we haven't even talked a, much about him yet. Yeah. It, it's a sign and, and the right direction. Also a uh, major shout out to Owasso's very own, uh, up there with the Taylor Petersons and Nick Cranes of the world of Owasso alumni is none other than Shake Milton of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So shout out, <laughs> shout out, Shake. Uh, <laughs> seriously, didn't you guys play cool Bixby dude. last week? Uh, that's football. We're talking basketball here, Jacob. I oh, know. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, we got absolutely stomped. Yeah, Bixby's well, insane. Bixby's like a college, not a yeah, high school. It, so it was Owasso here. Like, to, anyways, uh, I will say though, like. It, it was fascinating to see just how much of a powerhouse that Minnesota defense was. And that's without Jaden McDaniels. Mm-hmm. But yeah. even then, and, and obviously the disclaimer, you guys already mentioned that uh, Ant was out there, uh, you know, after what was it? That was at the end of the third quarter. So the majority of the fourth, there was no Ant. Even then, like I've seen this team play to competition and play in both ways, right? They play up to competition. They play down to competition. Uh, I've seen that across the league, not even just this Thunder team. And so I'm really excited to see that rematch when they're fully healthy. You have McDaniels on Shea, like just more obstacles for this team to overcome. And we'll see where they are in January, how much they've grown. Yeah. I think it'll be well, a good barometer. Just think about the last time these two teams played. It was the final game of the season and play in game number two. And the Thunder got waxed and were. Very Black much out, outplayed physically. Yeah, Black Eye for SGA. Yep. And remember the story of that game was Nikhil Alexander-Walker played a really good defensive game on Shea. Nikhil got cooked. Shea was like 9 of 9 to start the game yesterday. He was insane. And then I he mean, fell just put off. his cousin in the blender. Yeah, yeah he, he fell off in the second half for sure. They all did. They all did. Mm-hmm. But that's but, the other thing too. Is like if one of Isaiah Joe or even the Thunder as a team to shoot better from three, like we've seen this season that opens up that zone defense so much more. We're not even talking about a lot of these things. Um, and that opens up the floor more for Shea and he probably has a way better second half. Yeah, a lot of things had so, to go wrong. A lot of things had to go that point. spot on. They faced no, a lot was, of adversity and to Jake's yeah. point, they were kind of over, able to overcome that. There was um, no double big lineup. Do you think that's because they were yeah, just comfortable that's a fascinating having, point. they were comfortable with J-Dub on cat. Like cat's not really cat's big, but he's not like, 
a post. He, he's not going to post really, someone up. So maybe you don't. They really good well. point. They ran some interesting defensive matchups. Like at one point, Aaron Wiggins, like main assignment was Nas Reed. I mean, Nas Reed isn't super tall, but that is a with the goatee. Nas Reed looks like he's forty five. He does. He, he looks really like does. he works like a nine to five in the factory. He's got blistered hands, comes home to the wife and the three kids. Cakes off his timber, Timberlands and Yeah, and then eats like a pot roast and some mashed potatoes for dinner. And he goes like and, Nas and Reed looks like a grown ass man. And they were throwing Aaron Wiggins on him for most most of those minutes. And Wiggins was awesome. Kind of worked. Your your bar is is really, really low for tall people. It's six nine, he's not that tall. <laughs> well, for like a center in the league, yeah, right? Yeah. Like yeah. We're like, okay. yeah, I could use some objectively. more. No, I could, yeah. Silva, so, to your point, I did find it interesting because uh, Dignall was asked about that double lineup that they played against the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And his response made it seem to me, at least, that like we would definitely be seeing that with some of these matchups know. moving forward. So I'm yeah. shocked that we didn't see that tonight. Maybe, or, sorry, last night. Maybe against the Lakers, what, tomorrow? Is that tomorrow? Who do the Lakers start at center? Depends uh, if Anthony Davis is healthy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> AD. Everybody's questionable. Hey, I'll be there. I will. Uh, nice. I'll thank God D'Lo got all of his shots out tonight and didn't have to oh, look thunder tomorrow. Dude had oh. 35 and missed Good two Lord. shots all night. You guys remember, I actually have one of these t-shirts still, but Kevin Durant and Nike had their, you know, during this early stages of their partnerships, uh, they had like the shoot till my arm falls off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's D'Lo. And D'Lo. and D'Lo tomorrow gets to be guarded by Lou Dort and Casey Wallace. So maybe a poor Say guy. Night. Instead of being guarded by who checked him tonight? Marcus oh, Sasser? Gosh. Who's been so, awesome? Marcus Asser. Is I'm Jay okay. <laughs> Dub going to, <clears throat> excuse me, is Jay Dub going to be guarding uh, AD, we think? Chet? Yeah. Jay Dub on Braun? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I almost would rather have Dort maybe maybe the Lakers on. come in like a little relaxed tomorrow after um, playing a high school JV team tonight. Sega Baba, am I right, Sega, Silva? Sega Baba. Oh, I need a sounder. Silva and I need to come up with a Sega Baba sounder. That's <laughs> like just that's us. All right, we're done with that game. We're moving on. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully tomorrow goes uh, better. We a bunch of old dudes on the Lakers. What were our predictions for tomorrow? Do we remember? I, I think tomorrow. everyone took a win. Okay. I took an L. And I locked it. I oh, locked in the L, L yesterday. L. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor already got his lock of the week with the loss against the Moneyball. Should have done that. Yeah. The the Moneyball. The Mountain Dew Moneyball. Play the Moneyball sounder, Silva. Um, which one do we say? I don't know. Was... Just choose one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that is not the Moneyball sounder. <laughs> oh, we went with this. <laughs> we My Moneyball is tomorrow night against the Lakers. So uh, there we okay. go. I need him to come through for me. Are you going, Jacob? You guys have to. I will not be. Okay. But Sylvan and I have the post game tomorrow. We'll be so. podcasting. Cool. cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, probably time to take our first break. So let's do that. And then we'll do some other stuff. You can Sega my Baba. <laughs> <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay. After that comment from Jacob, we are back. <laughs> um, so, um, for listeners from our preseason, we had an exercise where we said, what will a game look like in like November, December, just a random game. What will the minutes distribution look like? Uh, what will the points distribution look like for that given game? We're going to revisit what we predicted from whenever that was August, maybe, and uh, see what we think about it now. So let's do this. So we're doing both minutes and points. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. I have the current minutes and points pulled up Silva. So if you want to go through and do like minutes first, we can start off by just comparing and seeing how close we were. Yes. I like it. Okay. Um, is this, Ooh, I feel like we were close on that one. Is this legible? Is this fine? Is yeah. This, yeah. I, need I, to do any more? Okay. I think the, the viewers should be able to read it as well. All right. Well, yeah, we'll obviously read it out for the, the podcast listeners. So for SGA, we predicted 34 minutes. Yep. He's at 34.3. Wow. Nice. I would say this. Stop the count. Another yeah. caveat yeah. for listeners, too. Um, remember that we were predicting a random single game, and now we're comparing to minutes per game. So, yes. like, when we get good down point. to the guys that are zero, we didn't think the guy would have played zero minutes all year. It's just on a that's a good point. Game. Correct. Yes. Good point. Good to know. Um, do you do you want to say like more or less right now, or do you want to come back around? Well, let's just go through stuff? and do the comparison right now. I okay. think. Cool. Uh, next one we had. J-Dub at 32 minutes for this game. J-Dub is playing 33.2 this season, oh. so I would say spot yeah. on again. Pretty good. Boom. Next one, Josh Giddy, 31 Oof. minutes. Josh Giddy is currently playing 27.2. Oof. Yeah, probably a little less than we had anticipated. Uh, next one, Chet Holmgren, 27 minutes. Chet is currently playing 30.1. That's as he nice. should. So wonder. just flip-flopped. Just flip-flopped, really, yeah. <laughs> Um, next Good one, point. Lou Dort, 26 minutes. Per oh, game. Lou Dort is currently playing 28.1. This is going pretty well. We got uh, Kenrich Williams next at 20 minutes. 17.2 for Kenny, actually. Okay. Next one, oof. Oh, dear. We had uh, Poku with 17 minutes in this random game. Poku has appeared in five games and plays an average of 6.3 minutes. He's played 31 minutes all season. Yuck. That is tough. not good. What about our guy Vasilye Mitsic? He, we predicted Vava. he'd have Vava. He'd had 16 minutes in this random uh, game. He has appeared in half of the games, eight of the 17, so a little under half, and is playing 12 minutes a game. I would say we yeah. missed the mark on that one. Yes. Agreed. Oh, um, we really missed this next. Yeah, I think, wow. I think we Oof. should come back to this in like February and see if it's changed again too. I think I agree. Yes, true. Yeah. Uh, next one, wow, it's Isaiah Joe. We said he'd have about 13 minutes. Isaiah Joe is currently averaging 20.7 minutes a game. <laughs> Clearly the sixth Quite man a bit. of the team. Very yeah. much so. Um, next one, uh, we have Jay Will. We said 12 minutes for him. In this 13.9 game. actually for Jay Will, so not too okay. bad. Uh, next one, and this is the final player we said would get minutes in this hypothetical random game in November, December. That was Aaron Wiggins with 12 minutes. Aaron Wiggins is currently averaging 11.8, has oh. appeared in 15 of 17 games. Look at us. That wasn't bad. We did pretty yeah. decent there. Um, the, <laughs> these next names are guys we said would not play in this random game. Uh, Davis Bertons. I think that's fair. He's appeared in 5 of 17. Remember this guy, Jeremiah Robinson <laughs> Earl. Zero R.I.P. <laughs> uh, Jack White. <laughs> also R.I.P. Um, not even in the league. Yeah, Usman Jang. How many, what's he averaging? Like 10 minutes a game in 12 of the 17 so far. Uh, I think last night was about two, got pulled, never got back in. Yep. Um, I, everyone on the pod knows how I feel about Oos. Limitless potential. Like the basketball IQ, the length, um, the, the passing ability, all the stuff, really good. 
played maybe the weakest two minutes of basketball I've seen from an NBA player and rightfully got sent to the bench. Yeah, correct. If Usman Jang wants to not succeed in the league, if he wants to stick in the league. Yeah, if he wants to play in the league. He has to find, if he wants a second contract, he has to find a way to be more assertive and more physical because what I watched last night in like two possessions uh, was embarrassingly soft. Agreed. Yep. Um, all right. Next one. Trey Mann, zero minutes for him in this one. Trey Mann has appeared in five of the 17 games, playing 8.8 minutes per game. Basically blowouts. Oh, yeah. Garbage time. Um, last one. Last but not least, certainly, is uh, Kaysen Wallace. We said he would not record any minutes in this random game. <laughs> uh, we missed the mark. Kaysen has played in all 17 games and averages 22 minutes. Actually, the. So is he the clear six man? I would say as far as role, Isaiah Joe is, but as far as minutes, um, it's been Kaysen. I mean, he's been the spot starter when anybody is out. Yeah. Yeah. So minutes-wise, it has been Kaysen, but I think as far as, like, production and role, I, I would argue it's been more Isaiah Joe. Yeah, just come in, fire away. Okay. Kaysen's freaking good, dude. He's really good. Yeah. Like, immediately good. <laughs> Like, he's um, awesome. He was awesome. awesome. The Minnesota mm-hmm. game. That was a big bright spot. I want to see him put the clamps on Austin Reeves tomorrow night. Make him look like a little boy. Make him look like a little <laughs> boy. Um, okay. Where do you guys want to go next? Do you want to revisit this and say more or less minutes? Do you want to talk about their points per game? What are we feeling? Uh let's let's compare points real quick and nice. then we can dive into like how we think maybe the rest of the season will pan out. Cool. So we, I think we ended up guessing that they'd score 117 in this game. Here it is at the bottom. Um, That's not bad. So we'll go through the distribution for this one and see how close we were. I guess just do averages again, or do you, you know? Yeah, we'll just do the averages again. That's fine. Okay. So for SGA, we said uh, 30 points. 30.5 for Shea this season. Not bad. For J Dub, 54% shooting, folks. That's plus absurd. upping rebounds, plus upping assists, and yeah. steals and blocks. Just let's just let's just take thirty seconds mm-hmm. to appreciate arguably a top five player in the league. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're doing that enough as Thunder fans. There's too much thirty other and crap a half points on fifty four percent from the field, thirty six percent from three, ninety four percent from the free throw line, six rebounds, six assists, two and a half steals, and a block a game. It's He's insane. a plus 8.8 per game. I Just have absurd have, numbers. Yeah. I have a take. For any not guard to, to shoot over 50% is just stupid. Agreed. And the mid-range, I mean, he wasn't getting foul calls, so he just went to the mid-range? It's automatic. Oh, it's, it's absurd. It's kind of Kobe-esque. Very much, which he Kobe-esque. models his game after. Yeah. Uh, he, he whole lot of Kobe's was his, his hashtag, his... Mm-hmm. his kind of slogan there first couple of seasons in the league then he gets the deal with converse who modeled that signature shoe off of kobe's uh yeah absolutely i think that's a really good point pretty, damn good cool. For Shea. pretty cool that dub kind of does the same uh dub and Shay really go together really well tell me if this is a hot take sga is like one good playoff series away from being on par with the jason tatums of the world the devin bookers of the world or is he I don't to me it's like I, it's hard for me to say he's already there just because he doesn't have the playoff performances. He hasn't had the opportunity to do that yet, but what do you guys think? I think he's going to take more than one. Mm-hmm. Um especially in Tatum's case, like we've seen that guy. I mean, frankly Booker at this point too. Yeah. Um I guess not just, just show that he's the same guy in the playoffs yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and however that looks. Totally. N- Nick, let me ask you this. Stealing a, a phrase from you in a vacuum, mm-hmm. you can just pick a guy to mm-hmm. to have on your team, um, to to play in an NBA playoff series or whatever, where, wherever you want him to play at. Mm-hmm. Of all the Kentucky guards in the league right now, what like number would you pick? Shea is he number one, number two, number three? You just got to pick a guy that you think is like the best basketball player to go out and hoop with. 
So it's so it's Booker, SGA, Fox, and Fox. Fox, Fox, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray. Playoffs. I'm still thinking Jamal Murray. I don't care. Tyrese Maxey. You guys are all haters yeah. of Jamal Murray, but in the playoffs, he's number one without a doubt. Um, I think it's between Book and Shea, though. Like, if you're just playing a random game that you don't know if it's playoffs or regular season. I mean, what if you're starting a franchise? No, it's Shea because the eight, right? He's not that much younger than Booker. I don't know. I think I Booker's still young. Booker Booker is like but my he, point he is, is I'm taking Booker and Shea or everybody else. Booker's become like a legit point guard. Right. Like mm-hmm. that dude yeah. is like Book is two dives. years older than Shea. For yes. what it's worth. That's I wild. I don't, I don't take that into much consideration. Um, just is what it is. Yeah. Just a, a data point. All right, yeah. wait, let's get back to some of these point yeah. totals. Next one. <laughs> I think we had J Dub. Do we, we J Dub? We had him at 20 points. He's so currently yeah. averaging uh, 17 points a game. Okay. We had Giddy at 13 points. Oof. Giddy is at 12 points a game. Okay. okay. Uh, Chet, we had at 15 points for this game. 17.9 points per game for Chet on 54-43-87 shooting splits. Um, another small take that we don't have to spend much time on at all. If Chet continues his current performance, will he be an all-star? It's kind of a fun conversation. We can table it. I don't we we should actually do that as a segment on one of these next non like game heavy Sunday show kind of things where we we like we done in the past with Shea. We take all the names that'll be in the running and stack rank them and see where Chet finishes. Yeah, I like that. Uh, coming up pretty soon, we'll do our uh, our like all star predictions. So, come okay. Shangun be- in there for you, J- Jacob. Hey. I mean, he's the best center in the league. There's but... a, there's a game coming up next week. Sure is. Turkey Jesus. If, if they lose, we might have to deactivate for a bit. <laughs> you won't see me. You will not see me. Um, okay. Yeah, I didn't mean to go on the Shangun path and bring that up. Uh, Lou Dort, eight points in this game. 10.2 per game. Um, Silva, earlier this week, you said uh, you were leaving uh, the Lou Dort. The first 10 games were a mirage. Mm-hmm. Each game that passes, that feels bolder and bolder, <laughs> my friend. I know, I know. We'll see. Look, he can. There's a spot for him on the bench where Kaysen is currently sitting. If it just if it keeps going downhill, let's just be honest with ourselves. But anyway, uh, on to uh, well, uh, Kenrich Williams, six points, six point four a game. Uh, Poku, we can just. Uh, what do we say? We say, Sean, are you in our chat right now? <laughs> what what did we say on Poku? How many points? Oh, six. Sorry. 1.2. Yeah. Missed the mark. Missed the mark. How many has he scored all year? What's his total that makes it like, what, eight? Oh, God. Probably. It's unfortunate. Seven, Nine, maybe. Seven. 1.2 times five would be oh, six. Oh, five games. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Be six. I didn't teach math, Nick. So we were we were right, actually. It was just point total, not points per game. <laughs> That's I'm sad. Um, we had uh, Va- Vava or Vas- Vasa? Vasa. Va- okay. Vasa. I was well, no, Vava was, was the mid- well, mid- yeah. joke. Can't yeah. Yeah. You can still use both. Okay. We had him at 10 points for this random game. 3.4. Okay. We had Isaiah Joe at 5. There's <laughs> the mark there. Isaiah Joe is averaging 11 a game. Good for him. J. Will, three. Uh, where's J. Will on this list? 3.8 for J. Will. Okay, right on the money. For better or worse. Uh, Aaron Wiggins at one point. He's averaging five points a game. Wow. That's kind of crazy. It feels low. Um, 57, 42, 73 splits for Aaron Wiggins, by the way. It, solid. Yeah, he's really good. If it, Another efficient Thunder player. Uh, I'll just run through the guys that we said didn't get minutes in this game, and if you know, if one jumps out, feel free. We, we have Davis Bertons. Nope. JRE, not on the team. Jack White, not on the team. Usman, you know. Three points a game so far for Usman. Yeah, it's about, it's, it's a wash. Uh, Trey, 35, 27, yeah. 75 splits. Not great. Yikes. Trey's a wash. Trey, it's a wash. Kaysen Wallace, that's the one. That's the one. Averaging seven points a game, taking 4.3 shots a game. Uh, 62... 59-91 splits. Missed his first free throw of the season. I know. I know, I know it doesn't work this way, but 
because as you increase volume, efficiency is going to fall off because you're not just taking perfect looks. The best shots every time, yeah. But if you were to... Kaysen's about four point something shots a game. If you were to give him 12, which is like probably the neighborhood of, of what Lou Dort's taking, and you extrapolate that basically, like he's a guy that's averaging 20 a game right now. I know it didn't work that way, but just like that's that's how efficient he's been. Yeah. And that's insane, and it makes me want him to get more shots. <laughs> There's a world <laughs> where he takes more shots, and these numbers drop to like 45% from the field, like yeah. 44, 43, 42% from three and keeps the efficiency at the free throw line. Yep. Uh, but increases his perfect. shots by, instead of 4.3, up to like 8. Mm-hmm. And that's the world I want to live in. Yeah, Agreed. 12 yeah. points or so. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, Zach Lowe last week said that he has like P.J. Tucker's usage rate and is playing a similar role on this team, which that's if, when you watch static. When you watch, it makes sense. He's basically mm-hmm. just small P.J. Tucker, but, you know. I'm, I and think for what more. it's worth in that... Um, Philly game, he took like two shots in like 20 minutes. And I get the sense that there was a conversation about being more aggressive with his offense because that was the case in Minnesota. He had a couple like quick trigger threes that splashed through and and looked much more decisive offensively. And it was really, really nice to see. Also, is Case the best lob thrower on the team? I actually don't know. It's not, a, might, it's not uh, a high bar. It's not yeah. a high bar. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's cool if he is. Fun player. Um, okay. Let's look back at our predictions for these minutes and these points per game. Um, and where where do we... like? Obviously, we can just say, hey, the ones we were too low on, we need to get higher on. But like projecting the rest of the season... Any major changes that you guys can think of? Um, well, or any changes from the current point totals and minutes totals that you think will shift over the year? I know Nick has like a lot of Mitzich thoughts going into January and February. Yeah, I think he. I think I. I don't know. Like ten points. Now that I'm looking at it, maybe Rich, but I do think the minutes per game closer to sixteen is is realistic when it's all said and done. Interesting. Um, here's the thing. I think every one of these guys, Bertans, Trey Mann, there will be a stretch for three, four, five games, be it from injury or mixing things up or a lull to try to get a spark. Like there will be a game, there will be a stretch this season. Maybe it's a road trip in California where Bertans hits like 11 threes in three games. And then he's not going to play for like a month. But yeah. But, I guess what I'm getting at here, and it's not answering your question, Jacob, but all 15 guys in the Thunder <laughs> roster can contribute when given the minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering about Bertans too. That was what I was going to mention. But honestly, like, I don't really see why he would get minutes, you know? So many other good options. Like, I, I, I actually want to see Wiggins get more minutes. Here, here's Agreed. the one. Here's the guy that I've been thinking on recently, guys, and I'm, I'm interested to see where you guys are at now. Uh, Usman Jang has played in 12 games. Uh, he is averaging 10 minutes per game. Where do we see that going moving forward? He has got a G League stint recently. I, with the way guys like Kaysen and Isaiah Joe and with Kenrich Williams being back, I almost think that. Usman Jang starts to play less instead of more, like from where he's Agreed, at currently. Yeah. Like Which, I could see less minutes per game and less opportunities. Um, I say he played in 12 games of the 17. Uh, that's what, around 66% of the games. I could see it dropping down closer to like 50 for the year and being like seven or eight minutes a game. He's just, he's struggled so far. And I, I think he's still very, very green and needs a lot of development. I think that's spot on. Uh, one disclaimer, being the Lindy Waters hater of the podcast here, uh, is we will see a game in like January where Oost is able to have like, I don't know, 16, 17 minutes off the bench. And, you know, they, they give him those opportunities. There'll be a couple of those games moving forward. However, I think this kind of leads to a bigger point that this team is so much further ahead, maybe at this point, that like, 
we've talked so much about finding the balance between, you know, playing some of these guys being competitive, but also still trying to give guys like the Usman Jengs of the world developmental minutes. I mean, I think a game like last night against the Timberwolves is a perfect example of that not really being the case. Those minutes are starting to dry up, especially when you have guys younger than Us or the same age of Us, like Kaysen Wallace, we've talked so much about, coming in and contributing immediately. Like, this is the competitive environment, the roster exploration uh, that, that Sam Presky's talked so much about. Like, the guys that are going to move on from the Thunder that are really talented and may flourish elsewhere, but don't have a role here just because of the situation, right? And, like, that's not even talking about the, the rookies coming next season. We might have two lottery picks. We'll see. Maybe three. Like, crazy. And then future years after that. And so all that being said, it's just like, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll see some designated Usman games. But to Jacob's point, like, the, the developmental minutes are starting to dry out. That's the, the stage of this this rebuild that we're at now. They are. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like the players that are young – and need some of that like ugly on-court development. It doesn't seem like they have the benefit of the doubt anymore to just like play through them no matter what. You talked about after, like Us yanked after two minutes. Like, it, and I think it's because there is a more clear vision of what a winning formula looks like for this team, like game to game. And if you come in and mess that up, I mean, the I know the team said don't have ex- like the expectations are what they are internal, and they they just want to be better than they were last year. I think they're noticing that they are better than they were last year, and they're sticking right at least right now. What seventeen? Ga- how many games are we in? 17? Yep, seventeen. Sticking. They're Almost sticking to what is sample size. To your yeah, point, like, they're sticking to what is helping them win games, and that is playing Kaysen and Isaiah Joe and Kenrich. It is um, strictly speaking on court stuff. It it is evidenced by Josh, uh, someone like Josh Giddy playing less minutes, not closing games because they're sticking with what works on a given night. So yeah, back to, to bring us all the way back around to the Usman thing. No, I actually don't. I don't, I had some high hopes for him actually. Cause he looked pretty good. Like in preseason, summer Same, league, summer league, the shot, especially I at least thought would translate, but yeah, the aggressiveness is just not there. And I don't think they're willing to be, you know, patient in that same way anymore, at least not until they play, you know, like Trey man got early minutes in Portland, a game like that. Like there are some truly stinky teams this season. It seems like, with Detroit. When's the Portland. next Detroit game? It's too bad we're not in the East. No. Yeah. As, no as fun as as fun as the uh, Rockets and Warriors will be because of I mean, obvious reasons for Rockets and then the social media stuff with Shea and we thought that the Warriors were done playing the Thunder for the year. You look around and, and team down the street like Minnesota that you're trying to compete with for the top spot in the West gets what Memphis and uh, who was the other team they got? Memphis and somebody else, like Utah, for their team. Yeah, Utah. Somebody got, I think somebody got San Antonio and Portland. It's like, what? Oof. How how yeah. how is that work? Well, yep. I wonder, like, well, maybe those are probably NBA TV games um, because you're going to have the in-season tournament going, but maybe not. Maybe they're nationally televised games. Uh, just for, and that's, uh, there's like for the Thunder. Two games in the East and two games in the West that are not uh, – in season tournament games that got national TV, Spurs are one of them. And it's but the team that gets Spurs, Blazers, and the team that gets uh Jazz, Grizzlies, like that's the only games you have all week. That's a vacation. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. such an advantage versus it's going in and playing break. Rockets and Warriors. <laughs> yep. Like, come on. Yeah. Agreed. I want to say somebody in the East got Detroit, Washington. Good God. Good Lord. Like split those up. Everybody should get like a really good team and a really yeah. Good everyone team. should get their crack at the at the crappy boys. Yeah. To get a W on the schedule. <laughs> yeah. The crappy boys. The doo doo boys. <laughs> so we call them out in Washington. I I, I asked Silva. Oh, well, let's go to around the association. And I can ask this question. Oh, okay. I guess that means I should. You know. Well, we should probably take the break first, right? Uh, you know. Yeah, you're right. We should probably do that. <laughs> All right, let's go on break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay. We're back from the break, and we're going to do this. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Want to talk about the in-season tournament? Before Let's we do, do it. Before we do. I asked Silva Prepot. I got to ask you other guys because you weren't here yet. Does Detroit have a chance to be as bad as the 15-16 process Sixers that went 10-72? and Oh. <laughs> Is there a chance one. they only get the 10 wins? There's certainly a chance. I'm They're going to say three and three and fifteen now. Is that right? Two and Four. sixteen. Two and six. Oh, oh, freaking! Let's, I was let's, wrong. Let's be accurate. They've won, they've won four games since the what was it? Since the James Wiseman trade. The Wiseman trade. Oh my gosh! What sucks is it feels yeah, like that team point. is more talent. That Detroit team is more talented than that Sixers team. They just suck, dude. They're yeah. so bad. I keep thinking like Monty Williams is the head coach. Like surely. Monty so, said they had the best practice he's ever seen, and they came out and lost by 30 to the freaking Lakers. They're paying that dude just to laugh on the sidelines. Like, he's about to retire. Or They won how many games last year? 17? They're not sniffing that this year. That's ridiculous. They're so bad, dude. It, it's, Man. It sucks for Detroit fans. Look, it does. I'm not going to say specifics, but Sam Presti... Troy Weaver, there are some trades to be made there for OKC to improve this roster. Who do you want? The timeline. Who do you want? Give me Kate Who don't I want? Well, send Asar Thompson down here. Well, that would I mean, Asar is not going. Kate is very likely not going. I mean, that's the issue. Who do you want then? If you say Bogdanovich, I'm going to slap you. Who? Jalen Dern. Wait, what was that? Oh, Uh, like if. I don't know. The Thunder have, and Troy Weaver loves, like, I mean, he still loves some of these players that he essentially drafted. We don't have any bigs to trade him, so that's the problem. I mean, I don't want to throw out the name. That's very obvious here. I just feel like, I feel like the the guys Oklahoma City would want that would help are the untouchables. They don't fit. And the the, guys that you could trade for are the reason the Pistons can't win a game. Like, what's Killian Hayes going to do for you? What's what's Marvin Bagley going to do for you? Huh? (laughs) So I'm not taking Killian Hayes. I'm still waiting the, for you to tell me who you want to take. You, you I mean, said you have who all don't the draft I want in the world. So like throw in Josh Giddy and a plethora of, of draft picks and go and take your pick. You know, like, I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting. If, if Killian Hayes has lost Nick, it's over. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm still in on James Wiseman. <laughs> Fans are mad that they played Wiseman over Bagley. That's Nick, where we're at. Nick is on the raft actively hey paddling away from Killian Island and just watching like the palm trees burn on the horizon. I was never a James Wiseman hanging on to the side of the one pod that you guys disrespect. I have a very good uh, analogy here. We have the Pistons. You guys talked about that. JD mentioned the the process Sixers. Mm -hmm. James Wiseman. Nerland's Noel. But they Uh, didn't draft him. But well, it so doesn't we, matter. So we just need to eat a hot dog. Irrelevant to my point. <laughs> yeah, when's hot dog? When does hot dog gate happen? Is what I want to know. Let's talk <laughs> in season tournament. Yeah, that's starting uh, soon. You have the team, Silva. <laughs> I do have the team. Basketball okay. is I being do have the played. Team. 
it's difficult for me to still just explain the rules and how all this works off the top of my head. I'm just going to list these games. Know, and we're, just gonna, we're just going to pick the games and determine who we think will win. So let's do it. Tuesday. That is there, is there a game? This must be next week. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, L.A. What's the, L.A.? The Lakers. Lakers. God, I'm blowing it. I'm blowing this. Thing. <laughs> the, the Lakers versus the Suns. Who do we got in that? The West quarterfinals. There's three of us voting, so majority wins. Okay. Give Deal. me Phoenix. Yeah, I'm going Phoenix. Me too. Pretty easily. Yep. The Lakers okay. stink. What's the next game? See if they're even healthy. Yeah. Kings, Pelicans. Ooh. Oh, give me the Kings. Give me the Kings. Light, light the beam. Light the beam, baby. I'm there. Give me the I Pelicans. I do not like the Pelicans. Give me the Pelicans. Zion Zion had like a bonkers game on 100% shooting. He's back. He's back. <laughs> he's, he's still back, unhappy, but he still suck. He's one wrong step from blowing out the ankle, unfortunately. Or Next a knee. One. Or the court. Or the court. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Bucks, Knicks. Bucks. Give me the Bucks. Something's weird You know who's there. not good? Adrian Griffin. Yes, you know who else is not good? Julius Randle. <laughs> yeah, that's who I was going for. Oh, okay. Julius Randle has been <laughs> skinny Zion. Ass cheeks. Yeah. yeah agreed. Agreed. Uh, Do not next, disagree with next your one. pick. Uh, who we pick? Do we go? I guess I'm going to go Bucks, Bucks there. Okay. Yeah, we're all going Bucks. So the Bucks. next one. Bucks. We got Bucks. The Pacers and the Celtics. It's Sounds a fun like a one. Bat. This game is going to be 145, 150. Boston. You know what? I'm feeling Pacers here. I'm kind of feeling Pacers. I don't trust also. the Celtics team. No, I'm not going. With the Celtics the have Pacers. a certain like uh, ability to just shit their pants in like the third, yeah. the late fourth quarter. Um, so, so we yeah, got two Pacers. Nick, Nick, who are you going? Going with the uh, Celtics. Okay, so we got two versus two here. How do we decide this? Rock paper scissors. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can tell my I can flip a coin. <laughs> flip a coin. Okay. Flip so coin. Taylor and I, heads, you guys, tails. Okay. Sounds good. Flip a coin. What's that so, on your browser? It works. It's not doing anything. God dang it. Silva's Silva's stomach dropped when I said that. No, I didn't. <laughs> on oh, my home screen, Nick. Flip a coin. It's his ten thousandth tankathon spin. That's what's on the browser. <laughs> oh my god, my phone's blowing it. Let me see what I can do here. I do got I have you. A real, do I have a real coin near me? That'd be cool. What's heads? I got you right here. What's heads? JD and Taylor and the Pacers are heads. Heads. Boom. Wow. I'll just trust. I you don't think that. Nick we actually be right. something. That was all off screen. What is oh, that? What the it's hell the is same that? Both sides. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> That's my phone. It's the lens that goes over my webcam. <laughs> I am not able to see a difference. Oh, okay. Okay. I wow. see it. Okay, now. now I do. Now I do. To his okay. point, I see it now. Okay, so we got Pacers. So Pacers that means the matchups on. are Phoenix versus the Kings. Yep. Bucks and... versus Pacers. Okay, let's start let's start in the West. Okay, so Phoenix and the Kings. Give me the Kings. Give me the Kings, baby. Sons. This is yeah, their championship. I'm, going, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna make us do another. I don't Yo, want to make, make us. us do another. But yeah, it's it's, it's Suns. okay. Nick, it's flip, flip Suns. your one sided coin again, please. Heads, heads, okay. right? Uh-huh. Heads is black. I, I tails use, is black. Tails is it's like it's it's the indented the hollow size. side. I got I got you. Christ. Really I, I, all right. I've got something here. Like, that, what is that? Is that a, what is that a card? Is that? A it's a mouse. Pizza? It's a mouse pad. Hey, I got the coin. We're flipping it up. Now we're tails. Now we are talking. I so like who wins? The who is tails? <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't. <know. laughs> we are we flipping the uncontested Flip coin. <laughs> Heads is JD and I and the Kings. The blank side would be uh, the Suns, which is Nick and Taylor. Here we go. Blank you ready? Space, if you will. Shout out Taylor Smith. It is blank. Phoenix yeah. wins. Okay. As One of the championship will. teams is Phoenix. The Phoenix other side of the bracket is the Bucks and the Pacers. Bucks. 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 So 
Hold on. Taylor's got to say it in the, in the voice. Bucks. Thank you. God. I'll tell you what, them bucks. <laughs> How about them bucks? This is some bullshit. <laughs> Phoenix Bucks. Wow. In the in-season tournament championship. The only, the only championship Phoenix those Bucks teams is playing for. Phoenix Bucks is a weird name. Uh... Suns Bucks. Do you like the Milwaukee Suns better? The Milwaukee. Oh, that, it kind of. Kind of works. That sounds like kind of works. Phoenix Bucks. Uh, give me the Suns and that. Big old one. rack. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Big old rack. Y'all ever shot Big a old rack? I tell you what, back Big in Owasso. <laughs> oh my God. We got to get Taylor off this show. He said. <laughs> I'm taking the Bucks. The I'm Bucks. Taking the, I'm taking the Suns. I'm taking the Bucks. I was going to say Suns as well. God, okay. We're flipping the coin one last time. Bucks. Bills back. Suns. Here we go. Bucks it is, baby. Bucks. Them Buck boys. I won every toss. Bucks. I'm lucky tonight. Did you really? Yeah. You want to go make a five-game parlay, Nick? Yeah, I do. I've never made a parlay in my life. (laughs) That's a sounder. Don't start. (laughs) Um. So, uh, good job uh, for the Bucks. They won. They won <laughs> yeah, I say we take, we take all of our money, all of our podcast money to Summer League, and we just make like a five-game Summer League parlay and put all of the podcast money on it. Honestly, I, I honestly think we could do a pretty good job with it. I don't no. know about a five-game parlay. Like, we need to split that thing up. There's a reason that Vegas is in business, <laughs> Taylor. I, yeah. I think money. Nick and I can make little moolah. Uh, speaking from experience, I cannot. Hey, on my college football pick I am over 500. Thank you very much. Beating the odds, baby. <laughs> Got Cousin Taylor coming in to place the bets. Cousin Taylor. Right. All right. Bucks. Bucks. This, this, is, this has gone off the rails entirely. Rack. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Uncontested and making it this far. Um, keep listening. Join us tomorrow. <laughs> keep listening, please, I'll even say. In between podcasts, you can go listen to Half Hard. You can... <laughs> oh, God. You can listen to us again tomorrow after the Lakers game that hopefully ends in a victory. Um, that's all we got. Happy holidays. And... Uh, Adios. <laughs> My God. Got to get out of here. Each of you all shoot a big old buck. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com